I'm Tabitha Rock. And I'm Sam Davenport. Born and bred in Melbourne, we live and breathe property, and we know the Melbourne market like the back of our hand. We've both been buying and selling real estate in Metro Melbourne for over two decades combined, and we've learned a few lessons along the way. Welcome, Sam. Welcome, Tabitha Rob. You like saying the full name, Sam Davenport. Welcome, welcome. I know. I do love a full name. I just feel like it's just stronger. Yeah, charismatic clout. Yeah, it's charismatic clout. Yeah. And you know, we're just two ladies operating in a male dominated industry. We are two gals just out here trying to get it done <laughs> for our clients. Welcome to the Prop Culture Podcast. Five years in the making. Five years in the making. I mean, we really thought about it a year ago. Yeah. I mean, it's not normal for us to do this sort of thing. So proud of us here. Yeah. Just giving the people hopefully what they want. Yeah. yeah, Tell us what you want and we'll make it happen. But um, we'll kick it on, kick it off with a bit of who are we? Mm, A bit about us, a bit of a trailer. Yeah, what's our background? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why should we be able to tell you guys a bit about property, a bit about Melbourne? Get into it, Sam. Me, get into it. Yeah, who are you? Well, interestingly, Tabitha and I... We have been working together for a long time Oh, my God. I thought you were going to tell everyone the best part about us. I know. We'll save that for the end. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, Tabitha and I have been working together in property for like coming up to 15 years. Our whole career. Yeah. It's wild. Our adult life. Yeah. We met each other when we were, you know, fresh 20-year-olds. Young bucks. Yeah. Selling real estate together in inner city Melbourne, Richmond, Abbotsford, Collingwood, Mm -hmm. all of those areas. Um, and we worked side by side as um, sales agents sales agents for like six, seven, eight years together. Um, and then obviously from there we both I, gone. I got over it. I was just like people I think have, well, back then I think it definitely is changing with tools and accountability things like Rate My Agent, but I think people had such a poor opinion of real estate agents and they just sort of like didn't respect our time, didn't respect us as humans. Like the number of clients would be like, yeah, cool, my kids go to bed at um 7.30, so can you just come over and appraise my property at 8 p.m. along with like the seven other agents I've got coming through? Mm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I don't have children, but also like if I had children, they didn't know. And I was just like, you, like what? I'm also trying to help you and like, sell your property for the maximum price and you're obviously calling me in because you think I'm good at my job, like have a little bit more respect. Anyway, I was just really, after six years of that seven-day-a-week lifestyle, I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. done. But I think also a huge factor for both of us was that, you know, it, we we love real estate agents. We were. We yeah. still are. We're still licensed real estate agents now. You know, we just work obviously on the buyer's side. But after selling, you know, your 15th one-bedroom apartment oh, to yeah. a really gorgeous young female who's looking to try and 
build her wealth yeah. in property in and purchasing do the right property thing with her money yeah and we're just yes buy this because obviously our job is to sell the property on the vendors behalf that's what we're employed to mm-hmm. do so we make sure we get that done but watching all of these young people seemingly make what we knew in the end to be mistakes in their property purchasing was such a driving force for us to come um, and work on the other side of things or at least you know start the wheels turning of what is the other side of things obviously yeah. you know we both worked with um, buyers advocates through our time as sales agents and you know it's funny because your perception of the job back then was a little bit more like oh you know what do they do particularly because we're coming from that seven day life yeah you know 12 hour days seven days a week not seven you know you'd get Sunday afternoons off yeah oh our agency used to work like have opens on a Sunday and there's like Caulfield agents, respect, they have to have oh, auctions yeah. and opens oh, yeah. on a Sunday. That's why Fridays are the sacred day. Yeah. You know, that's why a lot of agents, you'll find them on the golf course and that's okay. Yeah. Like they work Saturdays. Oh, yeah. They're human. They're, we're all humans. Yeah. We're we all need humans a bit here. of work-life work yeah. balance. Um, yeah. But I, no, I was sort of like really tired of it all. I was, I definitely had that like didn't, I felt like I was selling ice to the Eskimos and I just couldn't look people in the eyes and just say like this is good real estate when I knew like a block of flats were going up next to it and, you know, it's buy beware. They have to do their research and due diligence. So I was like, right, I'm done. Off to corporate I go mm. um, and got an account management job at realestate.com, which was awesome. Like they're such a phenomenal company. Yeah. Um, and my territory was in the inner north. Um, so I got really good, formed really good relationships with agents in that area. But strangely, as soon as I stepped out of that agent role, I had lots of friends and family come to me and ask me for advice. And what does this mean? And when should I get the contract reviewed? And can I get a building and pest inspection after the auction? And like, is this property good, bad or indifferent? And I thought, yeah, gosh, why is it that the vendor has representation and advice and handholding and help and the buyers out there just winging it, winging it, doing Mm. it alone? Biggest investment of their lives, winging it. Oh my gosh. Like as soon as I thought long and hard about the whole transaction and how it's so heavily weighted on the vendor's side, I was like, this does not make sense. And I think I also was reflecting on my own personal property buying journey and I bought my first property at 22 like it was really I was hitting them hospitality hours hard to get that deposit under my belt yeah and I just like got bought the little two-bedroom apartment a stone's throw away from my family home because it was an area I knew always going to be an investment property wasn't planning on living in it and I just like got it so wrong like I held it for about seven years, I think. Yeah. Yes, it went up. It didn't perform great. I probably should have parked that money in a suburb a bit further out, like a Northcote Thornbury, which, you know, back then. You would have got a villa unit or something back then. I reckon I would have got a freestanding house. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I forget we're so old now. (laughs) Property was cheap back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I just, if someone had guided me and had those conversations around you know, what are my purchasing goals, which I think we'll talk about in the next episode, like 
I would have done so much better with my real estate. I would have made so much more money, which was the whole reason why I was purchasing um, yeah. and parking my money in real estate. So I'm so passionate about having those conversations with our clients now just about like what is the point to all this because there's got to be because it ain't cheap to buy and sell real estate. Yeah, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. And it's funny because obviously, you know, I followed in your um, in your footsteps through that corporate life for mm-hmm. a good solid 12-month stint. I gave it a go. No, I always knew I was going to, obviously I was planning to have a baby and knew that 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 seven-day-a-week life was not going to work out during pregnancy mm-hmm. and, you know, um, coming back to work and I thought maybe corporate is going to be a good fit um, for the mum life, you know, and after sort of sitting in those boardrooms where it seems to me that no one is a decision maker, you know, and think conversations go round and round in circles mm-hmm. only to then the following month be completely changed with new information coming down from, you know, higher levels that you don't even know where they are. It mm. just, I couldn't bear it. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from such an amazing high volume small office where we just got shit done. Yeah. Um, and going into that environment, I, d- I just couldn't bear it, you know. And also I just wanted to deal with people again. You know, mm. that's what I loved about real estate was dealing with humans and their houses. Mm-hmm. Like I love their homes and I love them and I want to just work with them in that capacity and that's it. Yeah. You know, so obviously then, you know, five years ago. Mm. Um. Started up. Prop culture brainchild. Yeah. Came to fruition and here we are. Here we are. It's been awesome. And I think like just being on the selling side of things really adds so much value to what we do now. I think it was, it was, I'm so happy I did it. So happy I'm out of it, but it honestly gives us so many skills on this side of the fence. And obviously throughout the years, we've both sort of bought and sold our own real estate. We've renovated our own real estate, which, um, you know, gosh, we'll talk about this a lot, but buying real estate and renovating it is a great way to manufacture your own growth. And that's what we've both done personally in our own real estate. And that's what we try and help our clients do and see the potential in the ugly duckling. Ugly duckling in the next up-and-coming area, mind you, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, prop culture as a business, I mean, obviously we now, as we said, we work on the buyer side of things um, as buyer's advocates, mm-hmm. which, you know, if anyone is unsure of, of exactly what that means, obviously stay tuned and we're going to run you through exactly what we do with our clients. You know, we walk with them from start to finish from, you know, inception to yes conception i don't know whatever we've never you've never used that never that's why i didn't know what to say yeah um but we you know we hold their hand from start to finish so we help them sort of set their brief work out what it is they can afford where why they're buying how it's going to make sense for them how it's likely to perform you know set the plan of attack go out and inspect property on their behalf um, you know, negotiate on their behalf, show them what, what constitutes A-grade property, B-grade property, C-grade yeah. and why you wouldn't buy C-grade. them access to properties that they can't get access to themselves, being off those market. sweet off-markets and pre-market properties, which, you know, um, at the moment people are starved for choice and often I just feel like always people want more options, yeah. which we definitely provide as part of our buyer advocacy service. Absolutely. But right through to dominating auction bidding for them. Love that. Um, we love that. Or negotiating private sale or off market, due diligence, in-house reporting, appraisals of what we think the property is worth, 
giving our opinion on that to clients. So they're fully informed doing all sort of, I mean, we'll get into how much research we do, but you can do as you're the average buyer, but just planning application checks, zoning checks, Mm. all the rest of it, just making sure you're doing the right thing. Exactly. And buying at the right price. Buying at the right price, buying the right thing at the right price, at the right time in your life. So, and a little side service to that is just auction bidding um, or private sale negotiating, which to be honest, we don't get too many people taking up. Um, that's when they've found their dream home and they are out of town for the auction or something. Um, really, most of the people come to us because they do want just the whole thing done for them. They're time poor. They are just outsourcing kings and queens mm-hmm. and they know that they're experts in their field and they want to get the experts on their side when it comes to real estate. Yeah, to secure the investment. Um The other major um, service that we obviously offer is vendor advocacy, which I think it's one of those ones where I don't know that it's that well known still in the market. Mm. Um, But, you know, for particularly clients who are looking to sell their property and then purchase their next one, we do a lot of vendor advocacy with those clients. So Mm -hmm. we come in, we meet with them, we take a look at their property, we work out who the top agents in the area are, not just based on Google reviews or rate my agent reviews, you know, or the number of properties sold or seemingly sold by them in the area, because all of those figures can be, you know, adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work out or we know who the best, the top two or three agents are in the area, get them in to come and give us a submission. So they'll value the property and, and submit for the business. We sort of simplify everything for the client let them know what we think they should do, let them know which route they should take in terms of, you know, selling method, ensure they're not overpaying for their advertising costs, Mm -hmm. you know, get the commission down nice and tight, you know, managing the process for them from start to finish and being that sort of middleman so that they're not having to deal with the agent through the campaign. I was just going to say, number one reason people use our seller advocacy service, as some people like to call it, they don't speak to one single agent. They just speak to me or Tab. Yeah. From start to finish, we keep it easy breezy. If if they're ever trying to, you know, um, condition condition them down on price, which is a really common thing for them to mm. do. They come in and tell you, you're going to get three and a half. Don't worry. We've got you. And then day one, uh, excuse me, uh, the buyer feedback is two and a half. You're like, what? You've just had one open. Yeah. So we really do a little bit of vendor protection in, in that circumstance as well. Um, but certainly being there as um, a sounding board through the campaign is obviously. Of total value to yeah. clients in the vendor advocacy space. So that's us. That's us. Pop bit of culture. an intro, bit of a trailer, but we'll finish on. F, marry, kill. Oh, yeah. F, marry, what kill. What do you have for us today, Sam? All right, Tabitha. F, marry, kill, being a sales agent, being a buyer's advocate or that corporate life? Oh, gosh. I obviously have to kill that corporate life. Kill it. Not for me at all. No, thank you. Um, Obviously, I'm f***ing being a sales agent for sure. Yeah, that was fun. I'll do it again. Yeah. But um, for that long-term married life. Obviously. Here we are. Buyer advocacy is where it's at. Put a ring on it. <laughs> Buyer advocacy for life. Big, big rock. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. The next ep. Next episode. <laughs>